Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio. Join us each week as we delve into some of life's most complex questions. It's time to explore the unexplained. Hello and welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio. I am your host, Cheryl Knight, and today I'm excited to talk with psychic, medium, intuitive counselor, life coach, and hypnotist, Melanie Barnum. Let me tell you a little bit about Melanie before we begin. She has been practicing professionally for more than 15 years. She was a VIP reader at Psych Out, a gathering of the nation's foremost psychics organized by Court TV. She is also an Angel Speak spiritual coaching facilitator, a member of the National Guild of Hypnotists. That organization is committed to advancing the field of hypnotism. She is also a member of the International Association of Counselors and Therapists, which is an association for holistic practitioners that provide a forum where members may exchange ideas, information, techniques, and methodologies. Melanie is the author of Llewellyn's Little Book of Psychic Development, which is published by Llewellyn Worldwide. It was released just this month, and we're going to get to talk a lot about that, so I'm excited. It's, it sounds like a really cool little guidebook. She has also authored many other titles, including Psychic Vision, Developing Your Clairvoyant and Remote Viewing Skills, Psychic Abilities for Beginners, Awaken Your Intuitive Senses, The Book of Psychic Symbols, Interpreting Intuitive Messages, and The Steady Way to Greatness, Liberate Your Intuitive Potential, and manifest your heartfelt desires. And she also has a new deck of cards called the Psychic Symbol Oracle Cards, which we'll t- get into a little bit too. Welcome, Melanie. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Cheryl. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Your work sounds amazing. Uh, psychic development is something that we talk a lot about here on the show. I really am excited to talk about your work and your new your new book, especially. Let's start by talking about you, though. First, you've been practicing professionally for more than 15 years now. I want to talk about when did you first realize that you had psychic and mediumship abilities? And then can you also describe how you experience your abilities? Sure. Um, well, almost 20 years ago, I've actually been practicing professionally for almost 20 years. Oh, wow. Um, so uh, about 20 years ago, give or take, it felt like I was hit over the head and I heard the words, you have to do this work now. And I kind of looked around and was like, um, you know, <laughs> what was that? I was, you know, I had been the controller of a company. I was a store owner. I just had a new baby. And I kind of said, you know, I'm, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not going to hang up the shingle that says psychic and just start practicing. But I knew intuitively that, yes, I had to do this work now. So I set out and I started taking classes and decided that I wanted to discover as much as I possibly could about psychic abilities, and I wanted to see if I was any good at it. Um, I had always read people when I was younger, but I didn't know that that was a psychic thing. I thought that everybody did that. I just kind of read their energy. Um, So that's kind of where I started, and I started offering free readings um, way back then. And it's led me to where I am now. Okay, so you have been on quite a journey. Yeah. And and how do you specifically, now you said you heard this at first. How do you now experience your your abilities? Um, Well, that's actually a good question. And I think you already asked that and I forgot to answer. (laughs) So um, I I do hear things. I hear words. I hear sounds. I hear messages. 
and I see things. So I'm clairaudient, which is clear hearing, and I see things clairvoyantly um, with my third eye. So I see images. I have thoughts or feelings, which is claircognizance and clairsentience. Um, so I feel things about people or I feel things about situations. Um, and I just know things uh, with no other explanation or no evidence or proof. And those are all different psychic senses. And I am, I consider myself very lucky because I'm able to tap into all of those. So when I do a reading, I essentially meditate for a few minutes before the reading and I write things down before somebody comes in or before I even make the phone call to the client. Um, and everything that I write down comes from the other side, comes from my guides, comes from their deceased loved ones. And however I receive the information is how I write it down. So if I see an image, I try to draw that image or describe that image. If I hear something, I write that down too. So essentially, like I said, I just use all of my psychic senses to do reading. That sounds like a lot. I mean, I'm just trying to imagine how, like, are you bombarded all the time with this? Can you control it, you turn it off and on, or dial it down? How do you handle it? You know, it's kind of funny. People ask me that all the time, and I kind of turn it off. Mm -hmm. You know, could you imagine, like you said, being bombarded with everybody else's energy all day long, every mm -hmm. day, 24-7? You wouldn't be able to walk through the grocery store without being kind of psychically attacked. Yeah. So I pretty much shut it down, and my clue, or my cue, I should say, to when to turn it on is when I sit down and meditate for a couple minutes, like I said, and I really do a, a quick meditation to tune into my guys and to tune into the other side. And that's kind of when I turn it on and I open up. Um, however, having said that, it does not mean that I don't feel people's energy. So if I feel, you know, somebody's energy that, I, that I'm not attracted to or that I don't like at all, I try and steer clear of them. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean that I'm talking to their dead people, and it doesn't mean that, you know, I'm picking up on what they ate for breakfast <laughs> or that I'm reading their mind, which is also another common question. It just means that, you know, I can feel their energy, and I don't really like it, mm -hmm. um, which is one of the things that I tell other people all the time is that, you know, if you walk into a room filled with people and you feel really uncomfortable and it feels really heavy and really dark, turn around and walk back out. <laughs> it's not right. going to be a good place for you. Right. Are yeah. your experiences happy, scary, um, enlightening, all of the above? How do, you, how do you feel when you have these psychic experiences? Well, I mean, when I'm doing readings for other people, mm -hmm. um, I try and keep my own emotions out of it. But I am like a little kid. I mm -hmm. love when I get a psychic hit that there's no way we could have known. You know, there's no way I could have known something. Yeah. And I just love when that happens because it just validates and proves to me how amazing doing this work is and it you know it helps to validate for the for my client or for the other person with me how amazing this is as well um so it makes me really really happy to do this work i really love it mm -hmm. i don't feel like i'm working i feel like i've been given a gift that's that's awesome and it's yeah. it's amazing because i can only imagine how many people you help and that's what i love about this type of work i have friends who were you know at the, at the beginning of their psychic development they really didn't trust in what they were experiencing and that was really the hurdle that they had to get beyond so how do you just just talking to beginners psychic beginners who need to start trusting in in what they're experiencing how what kind of advice do you have for them i think the best advice that anybody can receive when they're first starting out mm -hmm. is to just go for it um, one of the hardest things to do is to trust that the information that you're receiving is truly real or is truly psychic information or intuitive information. 
And I tell people all the time, if you're reading for somebody else, it has nothing to do with you. So you have to get out of your own way long enough to just give the message. You know, when I do readings, the information that comes through is sometimes just crazy to me. Mm -hmm. It's bizarre. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it may mean absolutely nothing to me, but it means everything in the world to the person that I'm reading for. Take, for example, I just did uh, a book event at Barnes & Noble, and I did kind of a mini workshop. And at the end, I said, you know, does anybody have any questions? And they were all kind of like, well, we wanted to be respectful and not ask you if you see our dead people around us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I said, yeah. well, you know, go ahead and ask me. Like, you know, this is what I do. And so I was reading for somebody, and all of a sudden I got interrupted because I kept hearing the word sour cream and I kept tasting sour cream and so I said you know this is kind of weird but what's with the sour cream and everybody kind of looked at me like I was crazy <laughs> and they said we have no idea and I said I, I'm sorry but I just I know it's weird but I just keep getting sour cream I'm tasting it and I'm hearing it and they're like no 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 and you know three minutes later when the event was over and everybody was having their books signed somebody came up to me and said you know I, I didn't realize it until afterwards after you closed down the workshop that my granddaughter just died eight weeks ago, and she was on a, a feeding tube, and she was intubated, and mm -hmm. she couldn't taste anything. So we would go there every day and put sour cream on her lips so she could oh. taste something. Oh, wow. So the messages that you get when you're trying to do psychic work and the, the things that you receive mm -hmm. obviously can have absolute, and I just got goosebumps as I'm talking about this, mm -hmm. um, can obviously have nothing whatsoever to do with you as the interpreter or as the channeler, as the messenger but they can have everything to do with the person you're reading for. So whether or not you feel like it's a good message, give it to that person. Because if you censor it or if you let your ego get in the way because you're afraid to be wrong. I just wrote that word down. cutting out a very important thing. E ego. ego, yes. <laughs> I just wrote that word down. Huge. Okay. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And we yeah. don't even realize that it's our ego getting in our way, mm -hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that's great advice. And, and what about beginners who struggle with these abilities? And I know, obviously, the book has some some things that we're going to talk about, about tools that they can use. But people who want to just cut, tune it out, don't want to deal with it, don't want to acknowledge it. Do you have anything to say to them regarding just giving up on that? Um, you mean people that don't want to have the ability? Yes, that they're, they're maybe scared, they're, they don't know what to do with the abilities, um, that kind of thing. Sure. The first thing that I tell people all the time is, look, if there's something that's scaring you, tell it to go away. Because okay. that's not a healthy reaction. If it's something that's scaring you, that's not good. It's something that you should be hanging out with or it's not something that you should let come in. Um, however, let's take it a step further and look at why it's scaring you. If there's a message that's coming into you and it's just scaring you because because the message is negative, look at what the message is. Is mm -hmm. it about somebody being ill and that they have to go to the doctors? Because that's something that maybe you can fix. Maybe you can help heal somebody. Um, or is it something that just because it's happening, it really freaks you out? Mm -hmm. You have to look at the reason why you're scared. And then I would take it a step further, and if somebody's giving you a message and you're not understanding it, um, and it scares you because you're not understanding it, ask for clarity. Say, you know what? You're scaring me. I need to know why you're talking to me. Why are you giving me this message? What does this mean? Ask for clarity. And if they're coming in the middle of the night and that scares you because it's dark and you're trying to sleep and you feel like it's a negative thing, tell them to go away. And if they still want to talk to you, come back the next day during the day okay. when you're available. Okay. It's the easiest, easiest thing in the world, but I can tell you from practical experience, it's one of the hardest things to do. Ask for clarity. And if you don't like what you're feeling, tell them to go away. 
Ask mm-hmm. them to come back another time when you're ready, when you're okay. available for the messages. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Definitely. Uh, in your bio, it talks about that you are an angel speak spiritual coaching facilitator. I'm interested. What is that? Can you tell us about that? <laughs> okay. So that was one of the, I, it's actually one of the things that Llewellyn kept in my biography. I'm not really sure why they pulled that one out okay. out of all the other um, certifications that I'm part of. Okay. However, that was pretty significant in my past because when I heard the words, you need to do this work now, um, I was about to head to a session with the person who created this program called Angel Speak. And uh, her and her sister, Trudy Griswold and Barbara Marks, had created this program and written books about Angel Speak because they were contacted by angels and they were channeling messages. And it was one of the first things I did um, to learn about psychic development because I was going in to have a reading with them. Um, I went to a week-long workshop with them and discovered that I was indeed very psychic and I was able to do this and able to tune in and able to contact, you know, Mm -hmm. the other side. So, like I said, I don't really, I don't use that method. Um, Not that there's anything wrong with that method. It's fantastic, especially for people that are just starting out. Um, But I did open up my senses and really that was the first workshop that I ever did when I discovered that I needed to start doing this. What are some of the, you mentioned some other certifications. What, what are a few of the others? Um, well, I'm a certified coordinate remote viewer. I am a certified medium. I am a, I'm certified hypnotist. I'm a certified pathway regressionist or regression facilitator. Um, I am a certified psychic detective. Wow. Um, I mean, I I could kind of go on and on and on. And the reason um, that I could go on and on is because I crave the knowledge. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm like everybody else. I want to know how it works. I don't want to just do it. I want to know the the science behind it. I want to figure it all out. So, you know, I needed both sides. I couldn't just be, and forgive me for, you know, people that are, but I couldn't just be a woo-woo psychic that just kind of, you know, um, runs around with no basis behind them. I'm very logical and I'm very grounded and I have, you know, two kids. I'm kind of a lacrosse mom. Mm-hmm. I have a husband, you know, we have two dogs, like just a typical, typical wife and mother and woman. And I just happen to be psychic. So mm-hmm. I needed to have the background. I needed to take those classes. I needed to find out what else was out there and what was going on. And and I love doing workshops. I love teaching them and I love taking them because it just raises everyone's energy, raises the energy of everybody in the class. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of times just the educational process of learning helps to deal with those, you know, whether it's, you know, your psychic abilities or just daily life. It helps. It definitely helps to deal with it. So I'm all for education. Definitely. Absolutely. Now, you've written a lot obviously about psychic abilities and how to interpret and develop those abilities. When did you start writing about psychic experiences and developments and, you know, what, what kind of got you or led you to that process? Um, well, my mom passed away about, gosh, it's almost 10 years now. Um, and when she was alive, we, we were both very avid readers and we both loved to read. We loved to write. And we had always kind of said, you know, within our family, and my sister's an author too, by the way, we had always said that, um, you know, everybody has at least one great book in them, and you just need to share that. And 
after my mom passed and my sister was already a published author, I just kept having this feeling that I just needed to write. I needed to mm-hmm. do this. I needed to teach um, through writing. And I just kept saying it. I, I kept feeling it over and over again. I found it, you know, this is ridiculous. I just need to do it. And so I tuned into my intuition and I looked at, uh, psychically looked at the sign of what my book would look like because I wanted to know who was going to publish it. Mm-hmm. And you can send out, you know, hundreds of query letters and receive back hundreds of refusals. And they can sit there and tell you over and over and over again, sorry, you know, thanks for your request, but we're not going to publish your book. And right. this happens, you know, 99% of the time. So I tuned in and I saw Llewellyn's moon on the spine of my book. And I said, there's absolutely no way. Llewellyn is at the top of their game in, mm-hmm. you know, this publishing thing. And you know, in their genre, this mind, body, spirit genre. And I said, there's no way they're going to publish my book. And I said, well, if I'm going to believe in my own <laughs> intuition, if I'm going to believe, you know, kind of walk the walk, you know, talk the talk, then I have to believe that this is a possibility. So I sent them a query letter. And the original book that I proposed was um, Developing Your Intuition was the title. And, you know, they wrote back and essentially said, you know, we have a lot of books that talk about I'm psychic, you can be too, but I, I specifically loved your chapter proposal for psychic symbols. Could you write a book for us um, around psychic symbols? And I, mm-hmm. was I going to say no? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, immediately I wrote back and said, absolutely. And it turned out to be, um, you know, my first book and uh, a great book, I think. And I've gotten a ton of great feedback on it. Um, but it really was my Developing Your Intuition book. We just titled it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, I put on a chapter in the end um, or, a, you know, 500 symbols glossary or dictionary of what these psychic symbols could mean for you. And, you know, essentially it was the book that I wanted to write and Llewellyn published it. And then they went on to publish, you know, four more of my books. And I have a contract um, to write my sixth book now as well. So I'm working on that one, too. Wow, it just it just exploded. It sounds like it's it's where, yeah, it really did. Yeah, where where you were supposed to be, I, I suppose. So yeah. so your new book that just came out this month is called Llewellyn's Little Book of Psychic Development, and I want to read just the excerpt from the book and then discuss the inspiration behind it. This is the uh, Llewellyn excerpt. It says, your psychic gifts are just waiting to be explored, and this pocket-sized guide makes it easy. Discover how to tune into your intuition, deepen your spirituality, and improve your relationships with simple techniques for developing your psychic senses. Fill your life with abundance and positivity by engaging in your psychic birthright. This little book is packed with ways to help you from hands-on exercises and journaling prompts to true stories from Melanie Barnum's clients and personal experiences. If you want to feel more connected to your spirit, make changes in your career, or receive help when making decisions in every area of your life, this is the right book for you. So that's the excerpt. And honestly, it sounds amazing. Plus, is it, it's really a pocket size. Yeah, it really okay. is. Okay. Oh, that's it's awesome. It's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. One thing stood out to me uh, in particular in that description, and it's two words that say psychic birthright. What does that mean? Mm. Well, it's pretty much exactly what what it says we all are entitled to this we're all able to tune into our psychic ability 
Um, it's part of who we are when we're born. We're intuitive creatures. We're not non-intuitive until we block it as we get mm -hmm. older or until, you know, a grown-up shuts us down as a kid. Um, we all have the ability to tune in. Now, having said that, I use this example all the time. Just because you can play a note on a piano doesn't mean you're going to play like Mozart. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a degree of intuition when they're born, and it's kind of, it varies from person to person, whether you're going to become an expert at it or um, whether you choose to develop it or not. You know, a lot of kids um, tend to begin developing it and they get shut down when they're young because adults don't understand. I did it to my own daughter um, a long time ago. One of my daughters, my youngest, kept saying, you know, Mommy, when I get big again, blah, blah, blah. And I'd say, Honey, you're not, you weren't big, you're little. You were born little. You know, you were a baby. No, Mommy, when I mm. get big again, mm -hmm. when I get big again, I finally said, oh, my gosh. He's talking about, like, past lives. Like, she remembers. Wow. And I said, okay, well, tell me about when you get big again. When were you big before? So once I realized, you know, what was happening and that I was one of those adults that was shutting my own mm -hmm. child down, mm -hmm. shutting down their own intuition, um, you know, we were able to have a discussion and able to talk about what intuition meant. And that's part of our psychic birthright. That's part of being born. We're born intuitive creatures. We are not born without any type of knowing or any type of connection. We are all born with energy and we're all connected that way. And because we have this energy that connects us all universally, we're all intuitive. We can tune into that energy. It's just a question of learning how to do it um, and how to develop it further. And that leads me to ask you what inspired you to write about this specific topic? Well, psychic development, like I said, I think it's huge. You know, I have people that come to me for readings all the time, and they're not interested in developing their psychic ability necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, but then I also have people that come for readings all the time because they want to know the process. They want to understand the process. And I think that one of the reasons I'm here, besides to do readings, is to help others connect. So um, Llewellyn's Little Book of Psychic Development was actually offered to me by Llewellyn because they were doing a whole little book series. Mm -hmm. And they said right away, we would love for you to do the psychic development one because that's who you are. That's what you teach. And I am 100% for anybody that wants to, um, to help them develop their own intuition and their own sense of psychic ability. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm like everybody else, Cheryl. I... I don't always use my own intuition. I don't always trust in my own psychic ability for myself. So it's kind of a reminder for me as well to tune in, to use my own abilities for myself. And I think what's really interesting, at least from my perspective, is that it seems like there's so many different ways to experience the process of being psychic. And that really fascinates me. You know, why does one person hear things but another another person sees things and another person does all of those things you know it just is really intriguing as to why why does it happen that way right um my take on that is that we have res our regular physical senses as well and we have things that we're good at um in our regular physical lives so if you have an artist somebody who sees things is very visual Mm -hmm. chances are they're going to be more psychically visual because they're already tuned into that aspect ah. of their own sense. Okay. Um, if you have a musician, they may hear things more often. Um, they may be channeling their music as they're writing because they're hearing it. Um, when you have somebody like me that tunes into all of my senses, you know, like I said, I practice. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I went and learned, but it was also part of my natural ability. Um, when I was the controller of a company, and I think I talk about this in one of my books, when I was the controller of a company, we went and we had a, um, I ordered a, it was like a Myers-Briggs type of test. It was a personality test, mm-hmm. and I, we did it for all of our supervisors. And one of the main reasons that I wanted to do it was because I wanted to see how I came out, like how I charted. And I always felt like I was kind of a master of nothing, but a jack of all, you know, Mm -hmm. like I could do a little bit of everything. um, And I was always really good at a little bit of everything, but never kind of mastered just one thing. And I always kind of felt like that was my personality. And sure enough, when they charted my personality based on everything that we did for the couple of days, I was a perfect diamond shape, which meant that I was totally left and right brain, you know, logical, rational, and metaphysical Mm -hmm. um, and creative. And that I needed all of that to kind of fulfill me. And I think that that followed through to my psychic senses, that I need all the different senses to feel whole. And I think for some Mm -hmm. people, they don't need all that. You know, they're more visual or they're more auditory. And I think it, it just, it follows a logical pattern. Yeah, definitely. I I that makes a lot of sense. I hadn't thought about it in that light before. So yeah, definitely. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. And then when we we come back, we will get into the book and talk about some of the topic points uh, and and go from there. Sure. You are listening to Paranormal Underground Radio. We will be right back. Close Encounters of the Christ Kind. Science fiction author Douglas Brody retells the life of Jesus according to ancient alien theory. As the Bible's angels are revealed to be extraterrestrials, beamed down to create a hybrid golden child who may just change the history of humankind for the better if another visitor from a far planet named Satan doesn't arrive first. The Planet Jesus Trilogy, Book 1, Flesh and Blood. For full background material and ordering information, visit planetjesustrilogy.com where the New Testament meets the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Hey everyone, if you can't get enough of Paranormal Underground, then I've got good news for you. We're on social media. You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and I think even on MySpace, and nobody has a MySpace page anymore. So check out Paranormal Underground on your favorite social media site today. Hey, are you looking for a new paranormal podcast? Check out All Day Paranormal with me, Crystal Vermis. And me, Manny Vega. We come to you every week with the latest in supernatural news and entertainment. That's right, and you can find out more by going to GetSpooked.net. And don't forget to check out our YouTube show by going to GetSpooked.net slash YouTube. The Crusaders are commonly thought to have been motivated by the deep Christian faith. Crusades were actually war-inspired by the average of medieval ecclesial leaders who were only searching for total power and control. Well-played mind games which spoke about demonic forces, witchcraft and deadly possessions, many Europeans gave into their fears and banned the truth of an ancient and earthly civilization from their daily lives. 
it became an unknown world not seen by the naked eye but capable of possessing your soul and in the worst case even kills you in order to keep the people away from the truth it had to be feared forever restoring the voice of our people we give back what once was stolen from you your freedom and thinking creating and believing the source of immortality written by maria anna van driel www.amazon.com Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier, co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. Thanks for listening to the show. You've probably read my column in Paranormal Underground Magazine. I write columns about energy healing, metaphysics, and also dream interpretation. But did you know I also am an author of multiple books about metaphysics and the paranormal? You can learn more about the books that I've written on my website, authorkarenfraser.com. That's author karen k-a-r-e-n fraser f-r-a-z-i-e-r dot com hey everyone this is winter balefire contributor for paranormal underground magazine correspondent for paranormal underground radio in the dark and now i'm very happy to announce a published author my first poetry book love letters destroyed is now available on amazon.com lulu.com Barnes & Noble, and other booksellers. E-books are also available. You can also check out pseudosynthpress.com for information on signed copies. Again, that's Love Letters Destroyed by Winter Balefire. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy. Where do you want to go to lunch? I'm having a stroke. Did you hear what I said? I'm having a stroke. Why aren't you answering me? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for fast. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio. This is your host, Cheryl Knight, and I'm here with our guest, Melanie Barnum. She is a psychic medium and author of Llewellyn's Little Book of Psychic Development, as well as many other books. And before the break, we were talking about that book, which just came out this month, and we're going to get into it a little bit more. And so I want to start by asking Melanie if, well, is this book only for those who are psychic or could somebody who doesn't even have any ability showing but is interested in maybe potentially exploring if they are psychic is that for them too or just for people who kind of know they have those those abilities you know what Cheryl it's pretty much for anybody that's interested in it okay um anybody that wants to develop further or wants to try it out Mm -hmm. you know try it on and see how it fits there's exercises in there that anyone can do, whether you've practiced before or whether you are brand spanking new at it. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I love to be able to share uh, exercises and stories with people so that they can relate to what I'm talking about and understand it a bit more. Okay. And even if you're, even if you're, you know, an expert, um, like I kind of am considered to be now after doing it for 20 years, I can still find things that I can do in the book that I've forgotten that I've written and I end up enjoying doing the actual exercise myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it can really be for anybody. Can you give an example or two of an exercise that you talk about in your book? 
Sure. Well, one of the main things is people like to know where the information comes from. So one of the exercises that I have in my book is called Meet Your Helpers. And -hmm. essentially, it's, you know, you kind of do a a little meditation. It only lasts for a few minutes. You do a meditation and you allow your helpers on the other side, you allow your guides, your angels, your deceased loved ones to come through and kind of introduce themselves and you get to meet them through the through this exercise, through the meditation. And you get to really ask questions um, and find out what they're all about and why they're there and what they want you to know. And, you know, that's obviously just one exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also exercises that help you to tune into your specific gift. And as we said before, not everybody is going to be, you know, a visual psychic. Um, Maybe somebody will smell things more psychically. Mm -hmm. You know, say um, you smell cigars all the time. Maybe it's because your grandfather smoked cigars. Mm. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. there's exercises for all your different psychic abilities, your psychic senses, um, that people can really connect to and people can really understand and relate to. And the good thing about having so many exercises, and that's, this is how it is with all of my books, by the way. They're pretty much based the same with exercises, story, you know, real-life stories that kind of help explain things I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but the good thing with all these different exercises is that if you don't resonate with one psychic sense, there's an exercise for another psychic sense. So there's okay. always different ways to connect, and there's different ways that you can hands-on work without having to leave your home, you know, without mm-hmm. having to go to a classroom. That's my favorite kind of book, a book that includes real world experiences, personal experiences, case files, those things that you can really read about, think about, digest, you know, explore. I love that. That's, that's awesome. Now, as far as your chapter on psychic tools, you know, the reader probably doesn't necessarily need to go out and buy anything, but I am sure there are tools, though, that might be helpful. What are a few tools to help in this process? There's all different types of tools. You can use rocks from outside. You know, mm-hmm. you can um, you can create your own pendulum. You can use cards. Whether you use my uh, new oracle cards, which I would love for you to use, mm-hmm. <laughs> or you know, you use everyday playing cards. Okay. It really is up to you. You can use crystals. You can use glass. You can use crystal ball. You know, you mm-hmm. there's really no limit to the amount of tools you can read the clouds for answers. Mm-hmm. It's all about developing kind of a practice where you learn how to read them and what they mean to you, and you study what the tools can do for you and how to use them. Mm-hmm. And then you decide whether they're for you or not. One of the things I tell people all the time is, look, there's tools out there for everything that you do. You know, there's a computer that helps you write there and get information rather than having to go to the library and read a book. There are you know, tools that help you to build things rather than having to do it the old-fashioned way with a handsaw and, you know, a stone to hammer homemade nails in. Mm -hmm. Like, we Mm -hmm. have tools for everything, so why not allow yourself to use some psychic tools? And psychic tools don't take away from your own intuition or psychic ability. They just allow you an easier way to access them. And one of the things about psychic tools is that when you're trying to read for yourself, it can be really difficult to mm-hmm. cut out the noise and to trust that it's not your own imagination. Um, in many ways, it's much easier to read for other people than it is for yourself. So okay. when you're trying to read for yourself, using tools can really help you to do that because the tools essentially just channel the information that you're getting 
in a way that you can understand it and you can see it. It's something tangible. Now, you have a chapter. It's called Energy, Meditation, and Symbols. And I wanted to ask you about meditation. It's something that I know is hard for some people to get into, but why is meditation, or can it be helpful in developing your psychic abilities? Well, meditation helps you to relax and gives you a deeper connection to the other side. Um, It also helps you kind of live a more spiritual and mindful life, which makes you happier and healthier. Meditation doesn't have to be, you know, you sitting in a room all by yourself in the dark, uh, legs crossed, Mm -hmm. you know, your fingers in the the correct mantra position (laughs) while you say OM over and over and over again. Meditation doesn't have to be that. Meditation can just be 30 seconds of breathing. Because essentially what it helps to do is it helps to ground you. It helps to get rid of the, the chaos that's going on around you. And when you're more grounded and you become more open, um, you're able to receive messages easier. So meditation has physical health benefits, um, mental health benefits, but it also has psychic benefits. And I think it's it's good that you point out, too, that you can connect all of those things and, and uh, holistically you know, apply them into your life. And so I think that's really important to know. And absolutely. what is it that you want our listeners to know? What's most important for our listeners to know about this book? Um, just essentially that, you know, it's accessible. Not, not just the book is accessible, but that your psychic abilities are accessible. They are accessible. You can learn to tune into them better and deeper. And it's really fun. Like, it's not something that you need to be afraid of. It's not something that you need to be scared of. Uh, Psychic abilities, being psychic, doesn't carry the stigma that it used to carry. You know, granted, there's a lot of people who still don't believe, and there's a lot of people that have a hard time with anybody that says that they're psychic Mm -hmm. um, because of, you know, whether it's uh, religion has taught them that or, you know, growing up in their home has taught them that. But now, you know, we're at a place in society where it's so much more open and people are so um, much easier to talk to about psychic ability. Mm-hmm. And people are coming out, so to speak, with their psychic abilities now. Yeah. And we're developing more. You know, it's, it's that point in our lives where I think metaphysically we're all kind of opening. And now is the time, you know, and it, to make it, to have something like this book as a, as a guide and to help you kind of access or access the potential within um, is so beneficial. I can't even explain it. Like any of my books, like I said, have exercises and stories and true life examples to help you understand how to access your own abilities and how to develop them further. And I think that that's the biggest takeaway. Yeah, I think maybe that's why the, the the stigma attached to, you know, psychic abilities or, you know, paranormal encounters or metaphysical experiences or what have you. It's lessened because I believe that books like yours, the amount of information that's out there, people are sharing more. And I think that that's the direction we're going to keep going. Look at TV. There's psychics on mainstream TV. There's yeah. mediums on mainstream TV. And there's more and more people loving them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's more and more people wanting them. I would love, love, love to be, you know, in the same event as, as these psychics that are on TV, these famous people. Not because I don't do it already for myself, but just, just imagine the energy mm-hmm. around them, you yeah. know? Yeah. It, to me, it's just an incredible time to live. I agree. 
how much time each day should someone devote to developing their psychic abilities? You know, is 10 minutes okay? Should it be an hour? What do you think about that? It really depends on where you are in your own um, development and where you want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I am a professional psychic. Do I do, you know, psychic development every single day? No. Would it be better if I meditated more every single day? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, let's be, let's be realistic. Life takes over. We have other things to do. We have other commitments. And even I, as a professional and an author who writes about it every day, who talks about it just mm-hmm. about every day, and who does reading, um, I still feel like I'm not tuning in enough. So it really depends on your own um, desires, your own wants, your own goals. And 10 minutes a day is great. Mm-hmm. An hour a day is also great. So, okay. it, like I said, it really depends on where you're at and what you're doing. You don't want to give up your life to develop your ability. That should never be what you're doing, ever. Mm-hmm. It, it shouldn't be a chore. It shouldn't be a task. It should be fun, and you should enjoy it. Once it becomes a chore or it becomes a task, it's no longer fun. So, yeah. you know, that takes away from the learning. Um, so, like I said, it really depends on where you're at. And any time that you can give, you know, if you want to meditate for five minutes, twice a day do it doesn't mean that you you know even if you're just meditating while you're in the shower mm-hmm. water brings on a lot of energy so you know take those five minutes when you're by yourself i wouldn't suggest doing it in the car while you're driving yeah, okay <laughs> <laughs> but you know just, Good just think about times where you are by yourself and and you know you can still tune into your intuition while you're driving just don't meditate because you know you don't want to black out and cause an accident or hurt yourself or mm-hmm. somebody else um, but you can definitely still tune into your intuition. Actually, one of the things that I write about in one of my books is uh, my husband, we were driving somewhere, and my husband all of a sudden said, you know, what around the corner? And he didn't even realize he was tuning in, but around the corner was a car that was in our lane coming straight at us. Oh, wow. So luckily he said that, and he said it out loud, and he's kind of looking, and said, why did I say that? And we pulled over. And sure enough, the car went by in our lane. I don't know what <sighs> was going on with them. Um, but we would have been, we could have been killed. Yeah. So, Listening to your intuition can also save you from getting a ticket, you know? <laughs> if yeah. all of a sudden you hear, you know, the, or if you see an image of a cop, slow down. Mm-hmm. Because that cop may be right around the corner, you know, using radar to pull people over. So, like I said, you don't want to do it in the car, but I, I don't mean don't tune into your intuition. Just don't meditate. Right. You know, don't yeah. don't zone out. Yeah, and it's, it's really, if you really think about it, intuition can kick in at any time. I think it's actually amazing when you think about it because it's not, you know, some people are like, Oh, it's just coincidence. No, I don't think so. I think it's, it's more than that. It's, 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 you're connecting, you know, honing in on things that, you know, maybe people don't deem normal, but that I think everybody actually has intuition. So listening to that is very valuable. I totally agree. And, you know, you talked about you talked about events or things that happen that people say are coincidences. Yeah. Those are synchronicity. Mm-hmm. And it could be just something small. Like this morning we were watching a movie, a quick movie, and they said something about Hall and Oates, you know, the old band Hall and Oates. Yeah. And it, my husband repeated it. And then I had opened my phone, and the first thing that popped up on Facebook was something about Hall and Oates. That was a totally synchronistic event. <laughs> now, I have yeah. no idea why. You're right. <laughs> like, I really have no What's idea the- why. But, you know, maybe maybe something will happen tomorrow that we'll figure out why that happened. Yeah. You know, why was that significant? Yeah. So just pay attention. Just pay attention. It, it's funny. Something happened the other day. I thought, yeah, how is this just coincidence? I don't think so. I emailed a, a, a former a former boss and I had asked her if she needed any help 
with some writing projects because I had a little spare time. And the email came back as undeliverable because the email was no longer active. She had moved on to, to another company. I am not kidding you. Within an hour, it may have even been 30 minutes, I got an email from the same person from the different company asking me if I had time to help her with a few articles. Uh-huh. I, I'm like, okay, wait, she didn't get my email. I know that for sure. And we hadn't spoken in, in six months. I mean, this wasn't just like, right? you know, a week ago. It was like six months had passed. You know, little things like that to me. Yeah, definitely <laughs> go beyond coincidence yeah. for, for sure. But um all right. Do we have time? We had talked about this right before we started the interview. We had talked about your new Oracle cards. Do we have time for a few minutes for you to pull some cards? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. okay so I'll go ahead and pull a couple cards for you specifically. Do you have any questions that you're looking for guidance in or um, anything that you're curious about? Or do you just kind of want to know what's coming up or what's happening in your life now? Uh, one question popped to mind just now, and it ha- do you want me to be completely specific as to what that question yeah, is? Okay, yeah. uh, it has yeah. to do with moving. Maybe, maybe a, a, a t- if there's a timeline involving moving or anything like that. Okay, well, I can tell you psychically, yes. I'm getting that you are going to move, so be ready for that. Okay, um, but I'm also going to pull a couple cards with that as well. Um, <laughs> this is interesting. Okay, the first card I pulled was beach. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> the way that these cards work is you can look at the actual card and look at what the card is first, but then there's also descriptions on the card. So there's an interpretation there for you as well. Okay. So beach could also indicate that you're going to go somewhere that has a beach or that's near the water um, as opposed to where you may be now. Um, but beach also means, are you feeling disconnected? Does it feel like there's something missing in your life? You're a spiritual being living in a physical body. Connect your physical body with your spiritual and emotional self. It may be time to take a break and go somewhere to re-energize yourself. Now, what's interesting is the first line on this, are you feeling disconnected? I feel like that's one of the reasons that you need to move, Mm -hmm. because you're feeling disconnected. Mm -hmm. Um, And as I said, the, the cards themselves can be used by looking at the literal picture and what it is um, for answers, but then also looking at the description. So I think that, you know, moving somewhere for you will help you to kind of reconnect. Now, I also picked um, another card for you, and I picked door, and there's images of all these different colored doors. And it says, are you looking for new opportunities or worried that you're being shut out? So many new and exciting things are opening up to you right now. If your life feels like a revolving door, you should take advantage of the cycle. You're being given the opportunity to revisit ideas. When one door closes, another opens. So use it to your benefit. So again, I feel like the doors represent moving um, because they're representing different doors mm-hmm. um, and having different doors come into your life. And then it's also representing, you know, the chance for new opportunities to come for you and kind of feeling like you're not um, in a in a place or in a space right now where those opportunities are, um, you know, becoming abundant for you. So maybe moving somewhere will help that. Um, now, the thing about these cards also is that they don't really offer a yes or no answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also do kind of help you to have some guidance and have some answers around um, what you're looking to do. Now, interestingly enough, also, I picked a third card. And the third card is 
church. So you can look at it as a literal church, Mm -hmm. or you can read the description, and the description says, are you looking for a place to sit in? Is your belief in a higher power crumbling through religion, spirituality, or just the social club? You may find comfort in community right now. It can feel scary trying to assimilate, but know that you will be supported and welcomed with open arms. Have faith. I think this is about, you know, finding your new place, being able to find somewhere, a community where you can fit in and where you can feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, it, you know, may be a little scary to try and assimilate there, um, but that you'll be welcomed with open arms. You'll be supported on your move. So, you know, we're talking specifically about a move. But I think that that's telling you to go for it. Do it. Mm-hmm. They all resonate with me. The one that that really kind of stands out is the beach, because having grown up around the beach most of my life and and spending time at the beach, you know, many of those years. The other day, I was reminiscing about the beach, and and you know, from from when we're little little ki- tiny kids going to, you know, our parents would take us to the beach to you know through high school and spending time there, and and how much I was missing that area and. And so, yeah, that that resonates. I do feel disconnected at this point from being where I live as far as to the beach, you know, so that that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, That's funny. Yeah, it it definitely makes sense. Um, Thank you for for doing that. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, that's I really appreciate that. So I want to talk about your your upcoming project because you had mentioned it. It's it's a book called Psychic Abilities Beyond Beginners. What's in store for that book? Um, well, you know, it's an interesting topic, psychic abilities beyond beginners, because I have, like I said, exercises in all of my books, and beyond beginners really just means that you go deeper. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a, a, a beginner can still read it, but it's going to take you into a deeper exercise. It's going to take you to a deeper place in your development. Um, and we get a little bit deeper, a little bit uh, more into, you know, the why or the how and the, the reasons for why things are happening, as opposed to let's just do it. Um, so psychic abilities beyond beginners, like I said, there's no magic switch that can turn you on and be, be, make you beyond the beginner, um, but it does take you to a deeper space. It takes you to a more advanced level. So that's what that mm-hmm. book is all about, and I'm excited to have that one come out. And what's the timeline? When can we expect that to come out? My deadline, I think, is November, and I think... It's probably going to come out in the beginning of 2019. Okay. It takes a little while for the, you know, Go for the back end for everything yeah. to get processed and published. Okay, got it. Well, we have something to look forward to. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So now tell our listeners about where they can find your books, where they can find you online, you know, on social media, on your website. Sure. Um, my Psychic Symbols Oracle cards are available only through me right now. So you have to go to my website, which is melaniebarnum.com, and you'll find a place on there where you can get the cards or you can get any of my books. Um, you can also find me on Facebook at Melanie Barnum Psychic. If you put that in, it'll pull up Melanie Barnum Psychic Symbols, Intuition, and Hypnosis page. Um, there's also a bunch of other pages that I have for each book but I don't usually write on those. It's really just my main page that kind of has everything. Um, and again, there's links so you can go and find my book. Twitter, I'm Melanie Barnum. Instagram, I am Melanie Barnum Psychic. And essentially, for my books, you can find them anywhere they sell books. So you can get them at Barnes & Noble, you can get them on Amazon, you can get them at your local bookstore. 
Um, they're available worldwide and anywhere you want them. You can also order them directly through me, just like my psychic symbols oracle cards. You can order directly through me um, and have them shipped out to you autographed. So, you know, there's a couple different ways to do it, but the oracle cards are specifically through me. So you have to either contact mm-hmm. me on my website or email me um, on Facebook or, as I said, Instagram or Twitter, um, or you can get my books anywhere. And you can definitely get them directly through my publisher as well, any of my books. So you can go to Llewellyn.com. I encourage our listeners to pick up your books. Definitely check out Llewellyn's Little Book of Psychic Development. And also your other titles, which sound amazing. Let's see. I'm just going to read through them real quick. Again, Psychic Vision, Developing Your Clairvoyant and Remote Viewing Skills. Psychic Abilities for Beginners, Awaken Your Intuitive Senses. The Book of Psychic Symbols, Interpreting Intuitive Messages, and the, the Steady Way to Greatness, Liberate Your Intuitive Potential, and Manifest Your Heartfelt Desires. I think I got them all. Did I get them all? <laughs> I think you did. I think you did. All right. I want to thank you so much for talking with me today. I really hope you'll come back again and we can chat some more. It's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was great. Thank you so much, Shara. All right, great. And please stay tuned for our correspondence segment coming up next. I'm Crystal Vermis. And I'm Manny Vega. From Salem, Massachusetts, we are your Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark correspondence. We are also the hosts of the All Day Paranormal podcast and All Day Paranormal After Dark, the YouTube show. Find out more about us at GetSpooked.net. Now for our Paranormal News segment of the week. All right, let's get into some paranormal news. Okay, let's do it. This week I have a photo. It's uh-huh. an interesting uh, photo of a group, and I want you to describe to our listeners what you see in this photo. Well, Anything the, strange. Yeah, the photo is taken almost like class uh, class, class, pic- photo, class, class picture, picture style. style. There's like a group of people, uh, two or three rows deep, all posing for a photo. And then, I mean, there's a red circle around a, a person in the middle, but it looks like some sort of, I mean, it looks like a person just in the middle. I guess if I didn't notice it. Uh, I wouldn't even make mention of it, but zoomed in, the person's face looks really gray, uh, like dark. Looks like a fa- looks like a person. It definitely though, looks like a person. Right? It's, like a, it's like a woman, an old woman or something with like uh, kind of puffy old woman hair, uh, dark eyes, but like the facial features are hard to recognize. So it's not exactly fully formed, but it definitely looks like a person. Yeah. So that's what everyone else thought too, except for a ghost hunter thinks that uh, he actually captured a ghost that's actually a ghost in this yeah. weird looking class kind well, of the, photo the 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 complexion is definitely different from all the other uh, assumingly live humans in that photo so as the story goes philip Barron said he was taking a group photo on a tour of a disused facility in liverpool and he took a picture of them before they sat out for a trip around newsom park hospital And he says he does this with all groups he takes rounds for for the Haunted Happenings Events Company. And he didn't look at the picture again until the next day when it was posted on Facebook. Although the picture looks as though it is of a girl with a shadow over her, he claims none of the other group members recognized who she was. He told the Liverpool Echo, We always begin our ghost hunts with a picture of the group. I've done this many times and this is exactly what I did. I took the picture on my phone and just put it in my pocket. I didn't even look at it. It wasn't until the next morning after it had been posted to Facebook with other pictures from the night that I saw it. 
The inside of the hospital is littered with broken beds, wheelchairs, and trolleys, with the top floor attic lined with cupboards that were used to punish apparently misbehaving children. The staircases also have large metal anti-suicide grills extending upwards from the banisters to prevent people from throwing themselves down the flight of stairs. Philip, who's been a ghost hunter for 12 years, said, I have never come across anything like this before. Of course, we tried to debunk it straight away. We asked everyone who was there if they remember this person, but they do not. He also said that the team he works with has no idea who the ghostly girl could be, but that the site had been used as a sanatorium and mortuary in the 1800s. Philip, who has been ghost hunting at Newsom for 20 t- or around 20 times, said, I've seen strange shadows, and people have had strange feelings, but nothing like this. Newsom is a fascinating building, and when we tour, we guide the guests. They all experience different things. Newsom Park Hospital is considered one of Liverpool's most haunted buildings, as it has fallen into a state of disrepair since its closure in 1992. It was built in 1869 and is now classified as a grade 2 listed structure. It was put on the market in 2007 for 1.5 million pounds with the intention of turning the building into flats, but the plans received a hostile response from locals. So Mm. what do you think of that? Well, first of all, in retrospect, that's pretty funny that they were all posing for a photo and the ghost is like, ooh, me too. And just like hopped in there. And she's right in the middle, right? Literally dead center. She's dead center. Get it, dead center. Uh, (laughs) uh, I mean, it was weird because they must have left a space for her in the middle there and and she just filled it. But um, it's a curious thing because you would think having, you know, I'm sure you have to pay for the tour or something. So like you have like a list of people or at least everyone, everyone's got a buddy so you can ask people like... It, it can't be that it's just some random person who they just forgot, right? Like, mm-hmm. unless literally there was if one. If you ask every person too, right? Yeah. Like, even just the two people sitting next to her would be like, yes, like I've seen that person, you know? Right, exactly. Know. So, yeah, exactly. There's two people on either side of this ghost. So you would think they would at least say, oh, that was my, my friend or whatever. So my only question though, right? Is so it looks just like a class picture. Everyone's sitting, you know, right, it's evenly spaced. Yeah. Why was there like a space in between two people that sit somewhere? That is one question for yeah for skepticism because that is a, it was a large enough space for, for a, person. a person. So you would think that that would space would be filled, especially because it's literally dead center. So you think about when you go to take a photo, everybody squishes in together to get as close as possible. Yeah. Why would you leave such a giant space in between? And think of if you were on a tour, right? Like. You're with a bunch of people you've never seen before in your life, and you're never going to see again. Mm-hmm. Like, if someone asks you, I don't know who the hell was on that tour, yeah, like, yeah. you know. And what if it was, like, one lone person who just got a ticket and came to the tour? Yeah. And they, Although, everybody... you know, as you described her, her complexion is, like, green-ish, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. not human-toned, like, it, sunken eyes, uh, it definitely, shadowy. Right. It looks like everything you would think of of a ghost. Like, it doesn't yeah. look like a live person, I would say. So despite all the, you know, the skeptic, skeptical questions... It does look like something unusual. So I, I guess, you know, you have to cl- cancel out whether or not it's a hoax, um, which is certainly possible, I would think. Like, this guy's, if he's running a tour, maybe he wants to scare up some, you know, business or whatever and say, like, hey, I was going to say, you could, yeah. You could, uh, you know, there could be a ghost in your photo, too. And in that case, then sure, that's a possibility. Um, so I guess you have to leave that possibility open. Uh, there's also a possibility there's just a person who just was walking around and on the tour. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess. Just to not, like, completely take away credibility from this guy, I'm going to just give him the benefit of the doubt and say maybe it was someone that nobody remembers being on the tour. Yeah. But, um, but like the photographic know. evidence, though, is really creepy. Yeah. She almost looks transparent. And I don't, I don't know. Um, I f- you can check out the link in our show notes. Yeah, I feel like there's enough 
other explanations that I have to lean towards there being a like a not a ghost. A natural explanation. Maybe like 80-20, let's say. Like the photo is weird enough that I still think that, that there's something there, but there's enough other explanations that I think have to be explored. All right. Well, what do you have this week? I have a pretty funny one. Really? Um, at least I think it's funny. Uh, it is a, um, <laughs> I'm sure a topic that everybody wants to talk about is somewhat political. Okay. Oh, great. But it's a story that I just encountered uh, about everybody's favorite Russian leader, Vladimir Putin. Oh, he's my favorite. No, not really. <laughs> yeah. I, I was told you, I was a fan of the Romanovs. More you the read Romanos. that book. Yeah. yeah. We both read the book about the Romanovs. Yeah, they're, exactly. they're a very good dynasty, but Vladimir Putin, he's been in the news recently. Uh, and apparently, he became, just this past week, the second Russian leader to discuss men in black. Oh, really? Yeah, pretty interesting, interesting right? I can avoid it when the black topic came Yeah. Uh, you would think he would be one of the guys who was actually, like, sending out the men in black, but he <laughs> is apparently... <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, he's apparently just as mystified about them as, as anyone else, so... Uh, I also thought the men in black were only a, uh, a white house, like a... An American, you, American phenomenon. Thing, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, you know, the men in black don't necessarily have to be American or anything. No, they could just be government. It agents. could be some sort of secret New World Order type thing. Yeah. True, Again, true. I would think that Vladimir Putin would be but Putin leading. Would in, yeah, yeah I would think Putin order. would be in the New World Order. He's got a card. All right, you know? well, I guess what's the story? Well, here's the story anyway. It's from Paul Seaburn and MysteriousUniverse.org. Uh, he asks Has Russian President Vladimir Putin joined the ranks of conspiracy theorists who believe that many world leaders, of course, excluding himself and his Russian counterparts, uh, are aliens working with the men in black. In a wide-ranging interview this week with the French newspaper Le Figaro, uh, Putin may have let something slip out unintentionally. And so this is the quote from Vladimir Putin. I have already spoken to three U.S. presidents. They come and go, but politics stay the same at all times. Do you know why? Because of the powerful bureaucracy. When a person is elected, they may have some ideas. Then, people with briefcases arrive, well-dressed, wearing dark suits, just like mine, except for the red tie, since they wear black or dark blue ones. These people start explaining how things are done, and instantly everything changes. This is what happens with every administration. Mm. These mysterious people. So, uh, Paul Sieber asks, is Putin implying that U.S. presidents, at least the last three, uh, know about the existence of UFOs and aliens, or are aliens themselves being kept in line by these same government agents dressed in black who have allegedly been seen by many UFO witnesses after speaking openly about their sightings? He said, wearing dark suits just like mine. Uh, photo of Photos of the interview show that Putin was wearing a black suit. Uh, he also said, when they show up, everything changes. Uh, those might seem to be two small dots that may just be coincidental and not enough to draw a picture of Putin revealing the existence of men in black. Except... On December 7th, 2012, then-Russian Prime Minister Dmitry... What is it? Med- Mendelov? No, Med- Medvedev. Medvedev. Oh, Medvedev. Medvedev. There you go, Medvedev. I thought you'd know how to pronounce it. <laughs> uh, Dmitry Medvedev was answering... Why do you think I would know? I just, I just, I'm one of them. You know your Russian history. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, he was answering <laughs> questions after a television interview. When he believed the microphone was off, he gave the following answer when asked if the president is handed secret files on aliens when he receives the briefcase needed to activate Russia's nuclear arsenal. This is the quote from Medvedev. Along with the briefcase with nuclear codes, the president of the country is given a special top-secret folder. This folder, in its, in its entirety, contains information about aliens who visited our planet. Along with this, you are given a report of the absolutely secret special service that exercises control over aliens on the territory of our country. More detailed information on this topic you can get from a well-known movie called Men in Black. Wow. <laughs> I will not tell you how many of them are among us because it may cause panic. Okay, remember, his microphone was off. Yeah. So Medvedev was referring to a controversial Russian documentary film titled Men in Black that was translated into English and released on YouTube. 
While some witnesses said the prime minister appeared to be serious, uh, the Russian government showed it can spin as well as, fa- as well and as fast as its counterparts by saying that, of course, he was just joking. The true meaning of the comment was lost in translation, except earlier this week, Stephen Bassett, the executive director of the Paradigm Research Group International and the first ET and UFO disclosure lobbyist in the U.S., revealed that he met in May with former Soviet and Russian military and agency officials who are now involved in that country's UFO and alien disclosure movement in an attempt to convince Vladimir Putin to become the first world leader to acknowledge the existence of UFOs and extraterrestrials. So does this add more and, you know, drop add bigger dots to the picture? Is Putin and earlier Medvedev being taken out of context or are they both slowly and slyly preparing for the world uh, or preparing the world for a big revelation? Will the men in black stop him or are they too busy in Washington? Um, I ho- kind of hope they're busy in Washington right now because we need some help. They got a lot to worry about in Washington. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a lot to you know, adding it all up. Okay, let's let's start for a second with saying what do you think the men in black are? Because the theory is that they are aliens, and the other theory is that they're just people, but they're part of the new world order. They're se- super secret government working with governments all over the world. I think it's probably like. I, I, if I had to, if I had to pick one, I would subscribe to the theory that they are some sort of alien or alien hybrid yeah. that is in charge of like they're like the go between. They like talk to the government officials and say, "Yo, you're pissing off the Greys." I definitely think. Oh, that's a good theory. I was gonna say so. They're just. I was gonna say they're just straight up aliens. Yeah. And um, just based on the theory that you know, like, oh, aliens are the ones who put us here, mm. and so they gotta like orchestrate things. Who orchestrates the things? The men in black who are right. walking around. Right. And, because as you see, even world leaders like Putin, you know, don't really know who these guys are, but they come in and they kind of orchestrate things behind the scenes. Um, and so. Going off of that, you think it's true? <laughs> well, going, I mean, okay, so, so so here's the deal. If you go by, off his comments just alone, there's two ways to look at it. You can look at it from a, a conspiracy theorist you know, way and say, oh, he's saying that. doesn't matter who's in charge. These men in black come in and they say, hey, you're going to do X, Y, and Z, and then everything stays the same. So there's that theory that it actually really is like an alien conspiracy of some kind. The other theory is that he was just being metaphorical. And he was saying, like, oh, I don't you know. know though. I don't know. It's very detailed. Well, he says, you know, oh, Trump's got his big ideas, but, you know, all of his suits who keep him in line, they come into the room and they and everything stays the same. Like, he could have been metaphorical. But, and then when he tossed in Medvedev's thing, again, you could say that his microphone was off and he was joking. Uh, but he was very specific with it. Like, what's up with that? Um, so when you put it all together, it does become pretty interesting. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's, like, 100, I don't 100% believe it, but... Uh, I don't know, like seventy percent. Seventy percent. I don't know, sixty yeah. percent. Like, I am. If it was, if you like, if it was some kind of hoax where he like, you know, he knew his mic was still on and he was just doing this to just just to troll screw people, with people. Yeah. Man, that's really detailed, and that went on for yeah. a really long time. Yeah, and it sounds like people are pushing the Russians to be the first to come out and say, I know. "Hey, these UFOs exist." Yeah, uh, but if was why would Putin say then? I mean, going back to is you know, are the men in black American or are they Russian or whatever? Um, he seemed to be implying like these guys come into the room and we have nothing to do with it. Uh, they just come in and they just, like put people in their place. But it doesn't sound like it happened to him. You would think like mm-hmm. if the men in black are controlling every country, when Putin walked in, they would have been like, "Hey, we know you got some big ideas, but you're going to keep it like this." Um, perhaps he just didn't let on that that happened. Maybe it yeah. did happen to him, and he's not like revealing it. But um, I don't know. I don't know. Are the men in black American? Do you think they're not? A, you mean pro America? Because I think they're just aliens. You think they're just aliens? Yeah. So they don't care. They're just, no, I don't think. Yeah. Why are they so frequently really associated with America? Is just culturally? I don't think there are because you hear about it a lot in the UK and Europe too. That's true. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah. I don't Could just know. be the conf- our bias of yeah. Only being we just think everything is American. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, whoever they are, hopefully they're here with good intentions. 
If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio, email editor at paranormalunderground.net. Until next time, keep exploring the unexplained at paranormalunderground.net.